Thank you for joining us on the Underdog Podcast, the place where we believe at one point in your life, you were an underdog and overcame adversity. And for that reason, we want to hear your story. I am your boy, Calvin Blackman. And I am Kyle Decker. This episode is powered by the Job Center Staffing. We're really excited to share this episode with you guys. We had the unique opportunity to partner with the Bluegrass World Series in Louisville, Kentucky. We had the chance to sit down with retired MLB players during the game to discuss their career and what life looks like after the majors. In this episode, you'll hear from two special guests, World Series champions Johnny Damon and Jason Mott. And without further ado, our man, Johnny Damon. He won't even make it over here. Johnny, 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 they're great causes, so uh, it's tough to try to play baseball again. But uh, you know, I'm glad we're out here and uh, giving back, showing our support. Yeah, yeah. yeah see you guys like pregame to see, uh, um, you know, see you guys walk out and show you know appreciation to those families and walk you know run to the outfield is uh, yeah. What, what you guys are doing here is fantastic. Yeah, man, that's so tough. I mean, my dad served in the military, and, and like I feel for those families, and you know they. Um, I'm glad that they have strong supporting cast who can, uh, you know, make things a little bit better. But you can never uh, replace a loved one and their sacrifices that they gave uh, to our country. So I, I mean, it's it's tough, and I I, I love them. I mean, they uh, deserve the world. Absolutely, sure. sure. So what are you doing now? Um, I'm raising eight kids. You know, uh, <laughs> my uh, son actually turned three today, so I uh, happy birthday missed out on his birthday dash. Um, we got to spend uh, the day at Disney, so I'll, I'll see him again on Sunday, and we're gonna have a big bash uh, once we get back. So uh, bash for dash, right? Yeah, man, he's he's a beast, man. He uh, tears up my patio furniture. He uh, <laughs> um, catches lizards all day long, and you know I'm, you know. Well, it's good that you made a few dollars so you could help. You know, well, man, buy for uh, eight kids. I well, mean, that's 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 a lot. Well, well, no doubt, man. But you know, I'm at that platform where I can still go make appearances and all that good stuff and uh like the yankees are really great they take very good care of me and yeah take care of my kids college (laughs) so for those who don't know who you may be tell us a little bit about johnny damon and you know where you're from early childhood and kind of just a little progression through your career yeah well i um have been in orlando florida for the past 40 years Uh, my dad retired from the army um, I was born in Fort Riley, Kansas. Um, right away, we moved to Okinawa until I was four. Uh, went to uh, moved to Clarksville, Tennessee, so Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And then my dad got us 20 years. Um, it, my mom wanted to be close to Mickey Mouse, so it was either Orlando or Anaheim. Um, there was a big Thai community. My mother's from Thailand in Orlando, and we also had a Navy base, so it was uh, you know free medical and all that good stuff. So it was uh, it. It worked out great, and I haven't left. So I went to high school um, at Dr. Phillips High School, got lucky to get zoned there. Um, 
Universal Studios um, open across the street. So I went to high school with Wayne Brady, Joey Fatone, uh, DJ Khaled, um, Clinton Ha Ha Dix went to my high school, um, AJ Brzezinski, Danny Maselli, this guy named Brian Barber, who may have played in Louisville before. Uh, he was with the Cardinals. So a lot of talent. Yeah, came out of my school, and uh, you know they keep producing them. Yeah, sounds like it. Wow. So I know uh, one of your former teammates, Donnie Kelly. Yeah, Donnie yeah. Kelly's great, man. Yeah. So my uh, one of my best friends grew up with Neil Walker. Another. another oh yeah. Guy. Oh yeah. So his brother-in-law yes. is Donnie Kelly, and uh, Donnie was telling me how good of a teammate you were in Detroit. And um, there was a story he told me, and this is one I can share. I know there's some some ballpark stories you can't. But he said every year you guys would go on a. Um, like the first road trip, you guys would all go to a steakhouse. Yeah. And he said you guys would christen the steakhouse. And, and then I guess the uh, you guys had a pretty good time at a, a steakhouse in Kansas City. I don't know if you remember that, this, this, this steakhouse. But you guys like closed down shop and then you guys got in trouble by the owner of Detroit. Or, there was some story he told me. But he said you guys were ordering boxes of wine and, and uh, just having a good time. I mean, that's what we do. You know, we, uh, <laughs> we splurge. You might have been on top bit. of a table like, yeah. singing or something it, and hazing guys. I don't know. You know, Donnie Kelly was such a great uh, teammate. Um, you know, I talked to him a lot about hitting because he wasn't playing a lot. And that year he ended up hitting 10-plus home runs coming off the bench. And he was such a huge a- asset to our team. He could play all the positions. Um, and... I know the Phillies uh, reached out to me this year, Gabe Kapler, and they wanted him to run their uh, their minor league uh, system. So that's how smart of a guy and how committed Don Kelly is. But uh, when Houston called, you know, he, he had to take a big league job. You know, it's uh, there's nothing quite like the big league. So uh, Yeah, he, he talked a lot of great things about you guys and just how special that team was. And I saw, yeah, he was in scouting, and now he's now he's coaching first base for the, for the Astros. Oh, so. man, that's awesome for him. I mean, they – they look like the best team out there for me, brother. I mean, yeah, they're gonna be. Tough I don't know how they're gonna be. Yeah, especially now they got uh, Go, Granky yeah. coming um, in. Well, Granky's so. uh, brother went to my high school, so I got to see Zach quite a bit um, working out um, when he was getting ready to make his move to the big league. So I mean, yeah, Orlando's full of talented people, and um, that's why that's why I'm still there. I mean, it's home. And uh, I mean, we got Disney World. Come on, we no, got that, Universal. We got Sea World. We got those, everything. Those bands are dangerous, man. You go up and it's just banding all around. I've I've been yeah. there a couple times the last couple of years, and it's you got the kids just banding everywhere. Yeah, man. And there's a bunch of rock bands who came from Orlando as well. You know, uh, Creed, uh, who's now like Alter Bridge and stuff. Tremonti, um, Trivium. Um, What's that? Uh, Seven Mary Three, Matchbox Twenty. Wow. Um, a couple guys from Seven Dust. So, um, Orlando's just a melting pot for uh, such talented and great people. So, uh, another reason why I'm still there. Yeah, we don't want to keep you forever, but I, I, you know, with the you obviously have had a, you know a tremendous career, but our show's called The Underdog, um, and that's you know we we like people we believe you know. Everyone has faced some type of adversity in life. Absolutely. Um, and obviously, with you know, with all of your success, you know, that's what we see in the media or whatnot. But care to share? Take a few minutes to kind of talk about you know one of those really major moments that you really had to come overcome some adversity. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I grew up with a horrible stuttering problem, and the only way I could overcome it was to sing. And that's why I love karaoke. Why I love singing. Uh, you know, the words were written down for me. I remember the words. And for a stutterer, you have 
a million things going on in your mind at one time. And when you can slow things down, Bo Jackson was the same way. And I've been on the association for stuttering and um, helped out, gave my insight to how I overcame it. And, you know, I became a spokesperson for the Wounded Warrior Project. I became a spokesperson for the Stuttering Association. You know, so I'm, I'm using my platform and uh, teaching everyone that it's not, it's not always perfect, but you have to rise up and try to overcome any adversity. And there's going to be adversity forever. It's, it's just part of life. And if you can uh, stand up and try to overcome, um, you can accomplish so much. And especially if you have a strong supporting cast who can, uh, um, who's not going to make fun of you, who's not, who understands your problems. And I think that's uh, where we run into problems today in our world. It's, you know, so, so many people need help, but it's so dang expensive for people to try to get help, yeah. help whether it's uh, mental health, whether it's, uh, you know, they, they're seeking it, but, you know, we can't figure out what's going to be the best thing. So uh, I think that's a tough thing. And I'm a big component of giving back to charities and uh, communities. And um, we've, we're building a boys and girls club down in uh, Winter Garden, Florida. Um, you know, just I built homes for wounded warriors who uh, came back, um, put two guys side by side and um, in Winter Garden, Florida as well. So I, I'm doing a lot of good things. And especially when I went to... Uh, Baltimore uh, with my teammates I always got a bus and took the players to Walter Reed to see the soldiers who have come back from um, the Middle East and who have had injuries and just to show them that we care about them and the best thing is when I see them 10 years later and they're enjoying life yeah. playing golf going skiing all that great stuff but you know I, I had some teammates that said oh it's eight o'clock in the morning i was like you know what these guys went over and protected their freedom so that's all i'm asking you is wake up let's go say hi and you're going to make these guys lives so um also big big military guys so i i want to show them that i love them and i care for them wow that's awesome man that's, awesome. that's uh almost speechless right yeah thanks you know well, well first of all thank you for joining us taking time away thank you for supporting this event and um what you're doing for the military and amongst many different causes and thanks for sharing the transparency i think people need to hear that even you know role models and and folks that you know you, i'm sure thousands and hundreds of thousands of people look up to you that you've overcome adversity I, I had no idea that you had a stuttering problem you never obviously know that now and um, now we all know why you are, are a hell of a karaoke singer. So, well, well, well thank you. And but, uh, no, thank you for everything. It's awesome. It, yeah, and I, I just think everyone now, you know, they take everything so personal. It's like, you know, there's, you don't have to. Like, it's, you know, find something you love. Um, don't hear all the outside negative bullying, all that stuff. It's kind of like, you know what, be your own person and try to understand it. Rely, rely on your friends and you know I don't listen to any of the outside world um, with negative stuff it's always positive so uh, I thank you guys for having me on here go underdogs you know absolutely, uh, yeah, absolutely. you guys are yeah. great awesome yeah, thank you so much we'll Appreciate definitely we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep you in the loop when we get this shared All right. and everything so. sounds good cool alright pleasure guys right. Thanks, thank uh, you man you're welcome. this next guy looks like he should still be throwing some heat in the world series our guy Jason Mott. What's up, 
Jason, how you doing? Awesome. Calvin Blackman, nice to meet you. Jason, we've been watching your uh, third I've base coaching. I've been pretty so. much nailing it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been out there two innings, we've got three runs. So Signals are on point. Is that vodka or water? I'm not, uh, this is water. Ish. <laughs> <laughs> smells like water. It's got to be water, right? <laughs> tastes like water. It smells like water, tastes like water. Yeah, turn it down a little bit. It's super loud stuff. Check, check, check. There we go. That's better. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So what's up, brother? Nothing. Just uh, hanging out here in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Giving your time back. A little bit. Yeah. No, this has been uh, this, this has been a good time. I've got to coach third base past two innings. Give us uh, three runs. So I I take all credit for that. So it's been uh, it's been a good time. But there's been a lot of guys kind of not listening to you though. They've been getting caught in no man's land. You had Chris Dickerson not listening. I think you had. I don't know, Garrett Jones or someone else. Yeah, no, well, uh, well I get Is that you or I, is that them? No, I gave Xavier Paul the uh, the or green Xavier light, Paul. so he can kind of, you know, he can kind of do what he wants. Uh, you know, I didn't want to, you know, <laughs> but I, I, like I said, I gave him the green light. And he decided to go. He went a little early, uh, so that's not on me. I, I can't, I can't be blamed for that one. And uh, yeah, Dickerson, he just, like I said, same thing. He got his hit, got his ribby, and was like, I'm out, I'm done. So he just, he just went ahead and ran into an out, and he was, he, he was happy with that. So he, he hits a bomb, and then he just does what he wants to do on yeah, the base. Yeah, I mean, which, which, which is fine. He got the hit, last at bat, and then, like I said, uh, got us an RBI, got us a run as well. So I mean, can't really blame the guy. You know, players I mean, got to produce exactly, which, which, which he did. Base hit, yeah. ribby. I'll go in and you know grab my glove and go play the outfield. He said so. It's fine with me. Hey, you look like you're still in tip-top shape. Are you still uh, bringing the heat? or what? Uh, No, not at all. I pitched yesterday, and I think I was I hit like 85, 86, and I was like, yep, I'm, I'm good. I'm good right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, – yeah, I'm not bringing uh, much you're, heat. You're not much. making a comeback? No. I think no. Rick, Rick Ankiel tried to make a comeback after this last year. Yeah. No, no, no dice for you. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not doing that. No uh, no chance. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm in – yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not in baseball shape. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't be doing that at 85. I could barely get people out at 95. So 85 is a definite <laughs> no-go for me. Yeah, well, we uh, we appreciate it. You had a hell of a career. So for those that don't know, kind of give a quick uh, background of your, your career. Uh, I was drafted as a catcher, uh, hit about a buck 80. Uh, for everyone listening, that is terrible uh, as a hitter. So uh, I, I always kind of had a, a decent arm, so they decided to put me on the mound. Um, so went out on the mound uh, in 2006. Uh was lucky enough to produce and you know you know making it to the big leagues in 08 uh, with St. Louis and uh, was in the big leagues pretty much from uh, 08 to about 17. Uh, there was a, like a three week span where I was in the minor leagues uh, in um, I think 17, beginning of 17 with the Braves. But you know it was just just one of those things. Went out there and was able to go out there and was was blessed enough to to play long enough uh, to to do some pretty cool things in this game and it was a, it was a good time. What is that? Was that transition easier for you coming from catcher to pitcher? Uh, no, because I'd never really, I'd not never really pitched. I'd never pitched before. So, you know, it was just like, uh, I'm just going to go do it. You know, let's let, let's just see how it goes. I'm going to give it everything I have. And, uh, you know, I've talked to some people in the past couple of days about, like, about that transition. And, you know, my, my kind of thought process was, you know what, they could have uh, they could have sent me home. You know, so I, I, I could be at home right now. So I kind of feel like I'm playing with house money. So, uh I kind of went out there. I was like, I'm gonna give it everything I have, and uh, you know, just leave it all out there. And that's that's kind of what I did. You know, it's kind of the way I pitched. I was out there probably half half wild man, but just went out there and gave it everything I had, and left it all out there. And then when it came time for uh, uh, me to retire and stuff like that, I was, you know, I kind of I had that feeling that you know what, I I done everything I could, and uh, I was I was in the right place to to go home and and, and call it a career and spend time with my wife and my kids. Where do you call home? Uh, Memphis, Tennessee. 
I, I met my wife when I was there uh, in 2008 playing for the Redbirds. Uh, and, you know, that that's where she's from. So uh, we've been there for almost about 10 years now. So it's it's pretty much home now. How many kids do you have? Uh, I have two. I have a uh, six-and-a-half-year-old daughter and a uh, three-year-old son. So, uh, yeah, I just get to spend time with them. I'm helping out at a, uh, at a high school uh, in Memphis, Christian Brothers High School, now with the pitchers. Uh, doing that, uh, the family, uh, like I said, the family, the, uh, the high school stuff, and uh, the Jason Mott Foundation, our foundation that we do with, you know, helping people who are battling cancer right now. So, uh, you know, for us, we just, we, you know, that's, that's where a lot of my time is, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm loving every single second of it. Can I, can I ask uh cancer is near and dear to your heart yes so uh we started our foundation back in 2010 2011 uh when my my wife's grandfather was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer and there was just uh his facility in memphis that he got his treatment was just so great we just had a simple question of how can we help people the way that people helped us and it's kind of started as a simple question and uh we went from that to uh we have our strikeout cancer shirts now on every major league baseball team we have a player on every team with proceeds going back to different charities that they support. Um, and like I said, just helping people in the fight against cancer and letting them know that they're not doing this alone and that people people really do care. That's awesome. That is awesome. And how, how do uh, say that one more time. How, how can people that are listening uh, support uh, that, that foundation? Uh, so it, it's the Jason Mott Foundation. So you can go to jasonmottfoundation.org. Uh, and, and like I said, you, you can read some more details on what we do, why we do what we do. Um, like I said, the different players we have on different teams, we're doing a little, uh, we do a K-Cancer Day league-wide September 2nd uh, every year. Uh, we've done it for the past four or five years where different guys wear their shirts to the field, BP, around the stadium, stuff like that, just as a day for players to come together to show awareness um, for, for those in the fight. So like I said, for us, it's about helping those who are going through this tough time and, you know, really just, you know, like I said, once again, letting them know that they're not doing it alone and, to help people the way that people help my wife's grandfather. And like I said, once again, that's uh, just jasonmottfoundation.org. And last last question, we're the Underdog Podcast. We believe in, we uh, we work with a lot of folks that are you know coming out from either homeless or underemployed, underprivileged, and we help them try to find work. That's really what our core business is. But our passion is, is the underdog. We believe at one point in time you were an underdog, even though you sustained excellence. Tell us a point that you had to overcome adversity, whether in your life, your career, and you know, just anything we that we can share that's a positive uh, momentum here for. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I didn't make my fr- my uh, my freshman high school baseball team. Uh, you know, I was I was I was cut from my freshman baseball team. I was said, you know, I wasn't wasn't big enough, wasn't good enough. Uh, you know, went out there and was like, okay, I'm gonna. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do whatever. Uh, the next year, my dad actually ended up getting a job in New York, moved up there. I made varsity that next year in New York, uh, played all three years. And similar thing when I was looking at different colleges, uh, you know, people were like, hey, you're not really what we're looking for, this, that, and the other. And uh, the college I ended up going to uh, was the one that my high school coach went to. And it was kind of just like, hey, man, we'll, we'll, we'll give this guy a chance to come out here and, and, and play. Because uh, like I said, everyone else was just kind of like, ah, he's not really what we're looking for. And you know, so I was kind of told no my whole life, uh, and then even even after getting drafted, you know, going up there and you know hitting a buck eighty, you know that's not good. But uh, you know, being told, hey, you're you're not doing this anymore, you got to go figure this out. And it's like, okay, you know. So I've, uh, you know, like I said, um, I just I just try to go out there and give it everything I have every single time I went out there, whether it was you know whether I was hitting a buck eighty or whether I was pitching or you know whatever it was I was doing. So like I said, I just really try to go out there and give it everything I have every single time, no matter what was going on around me. That's a great and, and think about this. We we've had a couple interviews. Sean Green uh, got cut from his freshman baseball team. Yeah. Uh, Daniel McCutcheon was a shortstop mm-hmm. and he was hitting a buck eighty yep. or, or below the Mendoza line. And he he was told he had to go try to find something. And 
And look at there's all these guys here. I mean, literally three of the five guys. Talk about the underdogs. I mean, like you said, overcoming adversity, and 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 obviously that's made you extremely successful. And and uh, I know you're very well known, and not from uh, uh, St. Louis or that area, but I know you're pretty. It's a rabid uh, fan base, so. Um, you're you're a legend from what I hear over there. I don't know so. about that. I, 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 I don't know about legend. Uh, maybe maybe. No. I, I heard you're bigger than Pujols. Yeah, uh, no zero chance. Yeah, he, was, he was a way better baseball player than uh, I was. Shoot. Who's the who, toughest batter you went against? Ah oh, man, I, I was like I always had a tough time against like the the, the scrappy kind of guys. Uh, but like I was, I've been asked this a bunch. I mean, but guys, I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame. But like Chipper Jones, you know, a guy like that because he just didn't. I mean, I kind of I threw mid to upper 90s uh you know hit hit 100 101 so you know it's like oh i can i can blow these guys away and chipper was just like nah. he's like nah i'm good like he didn't he was one of those guys i mean like i said he is a hall of famer for a reason yeah but it was he just he didn't care like he wasn't one of those guys where i could like throw him a heater and he could swing through it and you could see him get frustrated like oh i'm gonna really hit this next one he was just like right back in it and, like he had that that same mindset of like okay all right next pitch and i was like Man, can't I, rattle. I, I better yeah. lock it back in. I better really, you know, like, okay, I'm I'm not in this guy's head, which you know, like, in, you know, like in the big leagues, there's not, you know, many guys you go, know, ooh, I get in this guy's head because right. these guys are not only good ball players, but they're, you know, you got to be pretty mentally strong to go out there and do what we do with this being a game of failure day in and day out, you know. So, uh, but, but but like I said, he is a Hall of Famer, but you know, Chipper Jones is one of those uh, one of those guys. Go ball? Nope, that's not going. It's going to center field. Caught. <laughs> Uh, thank we, you, man. Yeah, this is great. Thank yeah, you so much absolutely. for joining us and, and, and love uh, what what your story is and what you, you're doing now after baseball. So congratulations on, on a successful career. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you all. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. I'm going to go coach third and try to get us some more runs. Oh, geez. Scott Downs is out there. <laughs> I better hurry this up. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Appreciate yeah, it, man. Appreciate yes, it, man. Thank, thank you. Thanks for listening to The Underdog Podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google Podcast apps and send our Twitter handle a screenshot of your rating at Underdog Pod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free t-shirt. See you next week on the UDP.